Today on Riders Get Animated, Star Wars. <laughs> that was a real cough. <laughs> I think the real cough has to stay. Welcome to Writers Get Animated. I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva. We're going to talk about Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> I'm so um, by the time this airs, I will have already seen this movie. Um, so will have I. Oh, man. So will I'm, have I. I can't wait for yesterday in this timeline. Um, <laughs> and having seen the movie by now, I can tell you that when insert spoilers here happened, I was really surprised and Actually, delighted. I saw that coming slightly. Oh. I saw it coming, but I did not see insert spoilers here. That blew my freaking mind. And at the end of the movie, I felt insert either good or bad emotion. <laughs> I just felt so many of the same things as you just <laughs> Star Wars, I love it so much. I'm so excited. You could tell we're having fun this time. Um, <laughs> as opposed to any other time we've talked about this. Animation. Ah. Uh, so what are we talking about today, Mackenzie? So today, um, in honor of Star Wars, we're going to talk about how animated Star Wars reflects upon Star Wars and movies. Um, how have the Star Wars cartoons served to expand the Star Wars universe? And there's a sordid history of animated Star Wars, if you didn't know. And I knew about some of this, but I had not seen it and did not believe my eyes. Um... It all begins with the 1984 Christmas special. Yes. In which there's a lovely, lovely live action stuff. And then animated Boba Fett. It's eight minutes storyline where Luke Skywalker is investigating what's happened to Han and Chewie on the Millennium Falcon. And finding out that there's a talisman that talisman that has a virus and they catch the do. virus from this talisman okay and to get better they have to hang upside down and chewbacca and boba fett team up but it turns out that boba fett's bad yeah where does this take place in the timeline of star wars this takes place sometime after episode four before episode five Somewhere between there. So is this when they, at the time this was made, is this when they canonically, air quotes here, meet Boba Fett? Yes. Question in a mark. way. In a way. It's the first time Boba Fett appears on any screen. Was it the first Fett? It was the first Fett. So Boba Fett. 1984? Well, no, then it wasn't 84. When was the Christmas special? 79. Oh. 81? Oh my God, Numbers. this is awful. 95. 67. <laughs> it's the first Star Wars ever. How did they greenlight a movie based on this Christmas special? Um, anyway, that's the first animated Star Wars, which we're not really going to talk about today. Uh, but after this, George Lucas liked the animation so much that he decided 78. To... Thank you, Chris. Sorry. I just wanted to. <laughs> so it was immediately. 84. Where did you get 84? I made it up. You were talking. Know. I think you were thinking of droids. I thought they were closer. Anyway, so droids happens 
in 85-ish. And you don't need to look it up. 85-ish. Um, it's after Return of the Jedi. They're doing more Star Wars. This is, I think, the first Star Wars that we get after Return of the Jedi. And it is um, R2-D2 and C-3PO are lost in a gambling match to a new owner who immediately ditches them on a planet. And they find new masters who race cars. Yes. Well, sorry, speeders. Speeders. They race speeders. And C-3PO is very eager to just call them master immediately. Immediately. Um, the redeeming, Unsufferingly immediately. Yeah, the re- redeeming grace of it is Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Who agreed to do this because he thought that this would not be the typical slate of animation that was on TV at the time. And for the time, it seems pretty well done in terms of style and um, quality. It fits the 80s style. Yes, and it is some of the better animation that was out there. Mm -hmm. It was. Um, Story-wise, it falls very flat because it takes... It essentially looks like Tatooine. Yeah. And the character design and the character ideas, they go huge, really big. They find their villain, and it's still about racing somehow. And they have this speeder that's the fastest speeder in the world. And at some point, this guy happens to have a lightsaber. Right away. Right away. He's not a Jedi. Having just rewatched this, he said some guy came to get a speeder fixed and never picked it up and left his lightsaber in the speeder. And then pushing. Pushing. Wow, a that was the worst lightsaber sound ever. You realize it has to be a lightsaber sound from now on. <laughs> no, no, just pushing. Pushing. Oh. And our viewers will know. Viewers. Listeners? Audience? Listeners? Pushing. Pushing. And then he cuts things with it. Bzz, bzz. That's the cutting sound. Yeah. Pushing and bzz, bzz. This is our knockoff lightsaber sound. Our laser sword, you might say. So it's, this happened. I only re- watched episode one. It was a really bad series. I remember oh, yeah. watching it more as a kid. Um, it was on ABC, which is fitting, I think. Yeah. That it started little on. Little did they know. Little did they know that they would soon be owned by Disney, both of them. Soon in Star, Star, Universal, in in the galactic terms of a long time ago, relatively they would be bought soon by Disney. Correct. Both of them. Both ABC them. and Star Wars. Uh, the Evil Empire. And Anthony Daniels, I think they own him as well. Do they? Half. Half of Anthony Daniels, like the top half, the bottom half, the right half, left half. Don't be so, like, Ooh. let's not be oh, so wow. specific. I think it's, I, I think it's different parts. Oh, okay. half of Anthony Daniels, left arm, right leg, his whole soul, half of him. Oh God. Oh, sorry, Anthony. Um, Mr. Daniels. Mr. Daniels. Mr. Daniels. Wow, so informal. So droids happens along with Ewoks, one season, same time. It's like the droids and Ewoks Adventure Hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. This is um, dating myself before my time, metaphysically and emotionally. Um, and what I think the equivalent, I'm, Chris is squinting his eyes at me. Um, the equivalent of this for, in, in my air quotes here, my generation, um, is going to be the Gendi Tadakovsky Clone Wars. 
which I think was the same idea. Um, for me, I got re-release of original trilogy, shortly followed by prequel trilogy. Um, and then in there, the first like non-movie Star Wars thing was something I could watch. Mm-hmm. Not play or read or whatever. Was Gendy Tadakovsky's Clone Wars. Which I didn't like as a kid. And I rewatched the entirety of it. I'd never finished it. And I rewatched all of it. As an adult. As an adult. And I can say with certainty, I still don't like it. And that's okay. Thank you. I. It was always a little fuzzy whether it was canon or not. Mm-hmm. They are very short. They were meant to be in the middle of things, just randomly stitched in. Um, in between the stuff, each episode is about seven minutes at max. Yeah. They're very super short. Uh, they were two seasons of it, two blocks of them. They took you through the Clone Wars, through different battles, using different characters, um, different story arcs. Uh, their biggest one was the final episode, which actually animated the opening crawl of episode three. Yeah, it ends with the beginning of episode three. So what what you read during episode three, Revenge of the Sith, that opening text is the final episode of what takes place, them kidnapping um, the Chancellor. It's a reverse Guardians of the Galaxy TV show. Yes. It actually <laughs> is canon. We get to see um, the change of hairstyle. From Anakin Skywalker. That's true. Which we get to see in other shows too. Right. Yeah. But but we get to but we get to actually see him become a Jedi Knight, mm-hmm. which we never see on screen elsewhere. Yeah. What do you think are the the I think that moment is a, a strong moment in this, but what are the strengths of this two thousand three Gendi Tartakovsky Clone Wars for you? The biggest strength of it for me was the style it got us used to seeing star wars in um in a new style that is a little bit more modern Mm -hmm. we get to see it a little bit more modern a lot less realistic we get to see it in in terms of the story we get to see it so we're not following the story of the skywalker family Mm we get to actually see Jedi being just Jedi. So we get to cut in a lot of ways. And this is part why I don't like it. And part way, you know, part of me enjoys it so much. And part of me doesn't like it is we cut to the action movie bits and that's what we get. It's a lot of action, which is why I don't think it sticks with me as much. It's, it's almost all action. No story. There's very little story. And if you cut it down to like the five minutes that were a story, I would love it. There's less story, it's less about the character, and it's more about the battle. Mm. And these are epic-sized battles. This is Mace Windu versus a whole army of super battle droids. And they're all, like, so overpowered. Like, how did they lose the Clone Wars if they're this overpowered? Come on. Yeah. They they are able to, to just take down full armies against them they're gods basically they were gods, which looks really cool again it looks amazing it does and the thank clone, you gandhi tadagovsky the clone troopers and everything that that happened in the second series is looks 
remarkable. Mm-hmm. But story-wise, it leaves me lacking. Because, the, and this is the hard part about the Jedi and that whole story, is the Jedi are peacekeepers. And the Clone Wars is a hard time because they're forced into this battle for the <laughs> the galaxy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the peacekeepers, and this happens a lot in the other Clone Wars, um, Star Wars Clone Wars, um, David Filoni and um, that crew, which is, hey, I thought we were the peacekeepers, and now we're actually generals in this army. Yeah, and they, they do it better. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like it's Marvel movies versus DC movies. Oh, we're here to save the people and be good versus let's look really cool doing it. Which is which? DC's the look really cool doing it. I don't like Man of Steel. That's neither here nor there for this podcast. Um, Don't bring up Man of Steel again. I wasn't going to bring up Man of Steel. This is Star Wars. Okay, Star Wars. This is the Star Wars episode. You bring up Man of Steel. Superman every episode. That's three for three. I'm sorry. Anyway, Star Wars. Are you? No. I love Superman. Um, So we have Gendy Chudakovsky Clone Wars. And a lot of that actually translates into after Revenge of the Sith. We get the 3D animated Clone Wars from Dave Filoni. Six seasons and a movie, mm-hmm. surprisingly. Um, opposite order, movie, then five seasons, then season on Netflix for six total. And a lot of what's in the Gendy Tartakovsky one does turn into the Dave Filoni one, which I didn't appreciate, I guess, watching Clone Wars the first time. But we get um, Ventress. In much more detail and much more interesting in Dave Filoni's, we get the ARC Troopers come back and do have their own, arc. probably arguably like a lot, the ARC to have their own ARC. It's more like this. Sorry, Rochelle, I butchered it. That's how my wife makes fun of my jokes. She'll... Through that sound. Ah, 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 ah. Um, but the Ark Troopers are in there with arguably some of the best episodes in the Dave Filoni Clone Wars. And we get even a lot of the stories. We get the... Um, I find that the main city from the first chunk where they're battling the weird tentacle thing, which I never really got. Um, that looks a lot like um, Christophilus. I think is the name of the city they keep coming back to. Christophus. Christophus. And then um, like... Kit Fisto on the Mon Calamari homeworld. Like, that exact thing is ripped into, like, a three or four part arc. Yes. Um, so, some really good, interesting stuff there. And, of course, Clone Wars, I love. And I read somewhere doing research for this, someone was saying, like, either Genny Tartakovsky or Dave Filoni made animated Star Wars work for you, one or the other. I think it's really true. For me, Dave Filoni did it um, and his crew. Um, like there, he's a captain of his own spaceship, ah, um, because there's more heart. There's a lot more character, and I think it expands on the characters and not just the world. The Gendy Tartakovsky gives us some more world, and more action, and more pouty face Anakin with a uh, rat tail. Um, <laughs> Jedi braid. He rat tail. His... Mm. Jedi rat tail. Which they cut off with a lightsaber, I think. Yeah, they do cut it off in that the ceremony. That just seems dangerous. Do they all cut their hair with a lightsaber? I don't know. They all don't have hair to cut. Mace Windu has a really close shave with his lightsaber then. Yeah. 
It sounds like I'm shaving when I'm doing that. That's my lightsaber sound. Um, the Clone Wars is good. Lots of fun stuff there. And then, of course, Disney buys Star Wars for $4.4 billion, which is now my measurement for a lot of money. So someone, a tech company, buys another for $2 billion. I would say, that's half of Star Wars. It's just, it's my, my <laughs> it's measurement, measurement for a lot of money. It's my measurable for a lot. Um, so it's half of Star Wars. And Disney, ta- when they take the reins, they decide, guess what? We know that Star Wars has had this whole expanded universe. Guess what? None of that happened. Except. Except for Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. <laughs> and Together Now. But, and Together Now what? Oh, that, and for Clone Wars. Never mind. Ex- yeah, Clone Wars. The moment has passed. Sorry. But Disney decides, we're doing Clone Wars. Clone Wars stays. We're doing more movies. And we're also doing Star Wars Rebels. Rebels. Closer. That was better. Okay. That was closer. We'll work on it. I don't think we'll ever be completely in sync. But we'll try. I was going to sing an NSYNC song, but then I realized I don't know any NSYNC songs. I would if I heard one. Star Wars Rebels, which <laughs> takes place in between episodes three and four, is an amazing series. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think season two has potential. Season one, it's not on par with Clone Wars yet. It's getting there. And I think they're trying to still figure out those new characters' voices. Yeah. Because with Clone Wars, we have characters we know. Mm-hmm. We have Anakin Skywalker, we have Obi-Wan Kenobi, and all the Jedi that we know. And we literally know where they've come from and where they're going. The arc is set. You just got to put in the middle. And Rebels, this is a completely new crew. We don't know what their dynamic is. We don't know where they've been. We don't know what they're about. A lot of them is cloaked in mystery. Mm -hmm. So as the episodes go and as we get more in line with those folks on the crew of the ghost, maybe it'll get, it gets, it seems to be getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah. Um, uh, I think maybe the biggest expansion in that, of course, is knowing that between episodes three and four, there are, is at least one surviving Jedi. Well, we knew there was, there's three. Well, I mean, beside, besides Obi-Wan and Yoda, you mean? Besides Obi-Wan and Yoda and Luke and Leia. Okay. Besides all them, besides most of the Jedi that we know in Star Wars surviving the extinction of the Jedi, there are, there are new Jedi <laughs> who survived. survived Order 66, <laughs> which called on the clone troopers to turn on their Jedi generals and massacre them in a horrifying scene. Spoilers. John Williams, you broke my heart. Oh. Again. So let's talk about, now that we have the whole picture of expansion and compression and expansion and compression and expansion of the Star Wars universe (laughs) and how much that has changed. Let's talk about specific things that have expanded it and we think have done very well. Um, Last time we would have asked you if you wanted to keep up. I keep saying keep up. um, To know what we're talking about. Um, In Dave Filoni's Clone Wars, season three, episode 12. Night Sisters, and season three, episode fifteen, Overlords. 
what we challenged each other to do was think about um, an episode. We wanted to concentrate this because Star Wars universe is huge. Mm -hmm. It is large. So we've thought to ourselves about specific episodes that expanded the universe in an interesting way. And what's interesting about these choices, Ken chose Night Sisters. I chose Overlords. They're both in season three. Adjacent to each other. Of Clone Wars. You have a three-episode arc beginning with Night Sisters and a three-episode arc beginning with Overlords, and they butt up <laughs> against each other. And it's so much new information for the Star Wars universe all at once. In six episodes thrown together, not thrown together, but placed side by side, it's this... It's um. I, 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 it threw me when I went back to look to see where those episodes actually ended up and to see that they were right next to each other, this nexus point of Star Wars change and development. And thinking about it now, I think Night Sisters and its following two episodes are a lot about expanding the Sith and what we know about them. And then Overlords and its two episodes are expanding what we know about the Jedi and the Force. The Force in general. Yeah. As a... Force. Force is a force? The force, a force is a force, of course, said the horse. Anyway. Pushing! <laughs> um, in Night Sisters, um, we have... Oh, my God. I, I don't want to recap the whole thing, like, blow for blow, but it begins... At this point, we've seen a lot of Ventress, who's, of course, a... Um, s- uh, Vaguely Sith apprentice, air quotes, to Count Dooku. Um, For his eventual takeover as a Sith Lord. Possibly. They kind of hint that he doesn't want to because part of him in this episode is um, Darth Sidious texts Count Dooku and says, OMG, this girl's getting too powerful for you. You should get rid of her. Not like that. Um, Essentially, he says, "You, it, I think you're training an apprentice. Because she's becoming super powerful. Mm-hmm. If you are loyal to me, you will have her killed. And so he does without batting an eye. And so he has all the troops turn against her as she's in the middle of a big space battle with Obi-Wan and Anakin. Um, and I think one of the coolest lightsaber battles of the entire series is very subtle. It's just Obi-Wan and Anakin versus Ventress in a crash hangar of a droid character in space as it's being fired upon and somehow sinking like a ship, so that it's like rocking back and forth. And Ventress's gravity, gravity, Star Wars, <laughs> um, the Force. I don't know. Um, and Ventress's ship is kind of just slowly sliding back and forth, very subtly, and they're just kind of climbing all over the ship and fighting with their lightsabers. It's very subtle, very cool. Um, and Ventress miraculously survives and decides to go back home to Dathomir. And Dathomir is where. Um, the proverbial nerf hits the herd. Uh, we learn so much. First of all, um, Ventress goes back and meets these hooded ladies, and there's mist and craziness, and turns out, hey, there's magic in the Star Wars universe. This is the the witches, and um, they use magic, and it's not even subtle. Like, is it magic? Is it the Force? It's like, this is magic. And what's interesting is that... Um, when pressed, Dooku actually says, what dark magic is this? Mm-hmm. 
like he's like, oh my gosh, these this is the black arts that they have these terms for this stuff. A guy who uses the force is suddenly like, ah, magic. Yeah, it's like the force is a science they get, and magic is magic, and it's weird, and it's you like, shouldn't. What touch is that. happening? This is crazy. So we have magic in the Star Wars universe like that, and then we meet Mother Talzin, who's one of the major players in the Clone Wars arc and comes back several times um, as part of Dathmir, and there's lots to do with that. We won't get into that. And then um, she heals Ventress, and in that process we see a quick montage of... Not a montage, it's like a vision of Ventress's past. Because as you accurately pointed out when we were kind of preliminary talking about this... The Star Wars Clone Wars happens in the present tense. There are no flashbacks. No flash forwards. Ever. We're What we're watching is what we're watching. We never leave the present tense. And mm-hmm. this was one of the only times, I think it's the only, only time we flash back to something as far back to see a, somebody's history happen. And I still think it's a, a vision of the past. It could be a vision of the past. Like she's and it, remembering as she's being healed. Well, I know she's, but as, as the story structure, that's the first time we leap back and see somebody's massive moments of change. Mm -hmm. We get to see that she was being trained as a Jedi. We get to see what happened to her master. We get to see all these things play out. And it's heartbreaking. And I love it because she's this person you've grown to hate, not just over like a course of one or two movies like Darth Vader in the original trilogy. It's um, the Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars, and then two and a half seasons of Dave Filoni's Clone Wars, knowing Ventress, knowing she's a bad guy, not knowing why. And then you see she's traded in a bargain deal with a crime lord to keep her planet of Dathomir safe. And then um, the crime lord is killed, and a Jedi finds her and starts training her. And then the Jedi is killed, and then that's her anger for that and wanting to protect people because she keeps getting given away and given away. And then when she doesn't want to be given away, he's taken away. And that anger is what leads her to the dark side. And we see a similar path with Anakin in the prequel trilogy. So the two Sith that we get the background of, we know where they come from. And they're very similar. Anger leads to hate. Yoda was right. So we have Ventress and her backstory. (laughs) You say that almost as if you're surprised. I know. That somehow Yoda... Anger leads to hate? This is news to me. I've never heard this before. Also, you mean news this is. News this is. Also, I've recently heard from the news that there is no try. <laughs> I've never heard this. Uh, and then, of course, Ventress decides she wants to take revenge on Count Dooku and is neither good nor bad. And Dooku gets the traditional Disney villain lime green treatment. Also foreshadowing of Disney buying Star Wars. Lots of lime green as palace. And this episode ends before it goes into the next two talking about finding um, a new apprentice in Mother Talzin's game for Dooku to protect him from Ventress. And she's playing both sides a little bit. Her side, but both sides. Um, and in the next couple episodes, we learn that this planet is also the home of Darth Maul. So which, we get the background to Darth Maul also at the same time. Which is amazing. And Darth Maul, who gets to come back... Spoilers. Spoilers. In Clone Wars. So episode one, Dispatched thought that we had this really awesome villain. Dispatched in episode one, Star Wars episode one. Suddenly comes back season four. Yes. End of season four of Clone Wars. 
um, it, it's uh, amazing to see how they were able to do this and be able to be, hey, this is what happened. And to know that as you're watching Star Wars Clone Wars, this is canon. This stuff happened, which throws in when we look at Overlords mm-hmm. and the whole um, what happens in Overlords. We have Anakin and Obi-Wan out because there's been a signal, an old ancient Jedi distress call. That hasn't been used in 2,000 years. 2,000 years. They have meticulous Jedi records. (laughs) Well, they have the Jedi archives. I would love to go to the Jedi archives. Could you use Siri to search the Jedi archives? Possibly. Siri, search the Jedi archives. Siri, when is this distress signal from? Here are results I found on the web for Siri. Where is this discussion? <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> so overlords, overlords, <laughs> they're going for this distress call. But the weird, crazy thing is they're meeting also Captain Rex and his crew. And mm-hmm. they're all converging on this spot where this signal is coming from. And not only have they found nothing there at this exact spot, but they also cannot see each other. So things off the right off the bat are crazy. Oh my gosh, where are you? We're in the same spot where you are. No, you're not. We're here at these locations. Well, that's where we are. No, you're not here. And then we see a giant octahedron. <laughs> and they get sucked in. Very 2001, a Space Odyssey style. Into this world and it's organic and there's floating chunks of earth and all kinds of things going on and the weather's crazy. It's very anime. It's very anime. Super anime. And we meet the daughter and the son. That's what they're called. The daughter and the son. And then their father, this wizened, old, aging man who has brought Anakin here to this world to tame his children. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he is, in fact, the chosen one. To bring balance to the Force. And his children are... The Force. The Force. The light side and the dark side. Neither Jedi nor Sith. Just what is light and what is dark. So, and in this show of Force... Uh, I can't not... I'm not trying to do that. I am (laughs) honestly not trying to do that. Anakin, um, to force Anakin's hand. To uh, have. What? To force Anakin's hand. Oh my, I did not realize that. I'm Three, sorry. You're out. No more force puns. I'm not trying to make force puns. It is simply happening. In a show of his prowess in control of the force, the old man takes Obi Wan and takes Ahsoka. And has his daughter and his son turn into these dragon-like beasts. A griffin and a dragon. Okay. And they're holding them. And he says, you must choose which one you will save. And because Anakin is Anakin, he must save both of them. Both the light and the dark. Both master and apprentice. And is able to tame by shouting, on your knees. Both son and daughter at the same point, turning them back into their human forms, proving that he is, in fact, the, the chosen, chosen one. one, whatever that means. So well, Qui-Gon tells us. Well, Qui-Gon does tell us that 
And what's interesting is we do get Qui-Gon in a vision. Qui-Gon comes back. Liam Neeson comes back. This is the first out. This is the first time in the Star Wars universe we see a Jedi ghost. That's very true. The very first Jedi ghost, Qui-Gon Jinn, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. But Yoda does tell um, Obi-Wan, I believe it was in episode three, um, to think on his old master, Qui-Gon Jinn, and, and think about that. And that we do get a sense that in the movies, we get a sense that, hey, I think Qui-Gon's figured this out. I think he can speak to us. And if you just listen to your heart, you can hear Qui-Gon and maybe other people. And then they just get better at it. And Obi-Wan just becomes the master of Force Ghostin. Which is partly the plot of the series finale of Clone Wars. Which we'll never get to see. No, that was the one they aired, the actual series finale. Well, that's true. So what do we get in Overlords that is new to Star Wars? That is, What we get is that the Force being a character. Yes. In episodes, the most recent films in episodes 1, 2, and 3, the prequel trilogy, we get midichlorians. Yay. Midichlorians as a way of somehow explaining the Force, which in some way was this religious phenomenon. Force moves through us and within us and through everything and around everything. And somehow with Overlords and the whole Mortis storyline, we get the Force as... Mystic. Mystic, mythological stuff. Mm -hmm. Like We don't even know, really, if what Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka are experiencing is real. And even by the end of the trilogy of episodes, we're still a little bit like... I had a dream, and you were there, and you were there. It well, they still all knew f- that they were there. They remember it. No one else. No one else knows. And Anakin just goes, "Oh, you won't. You won't understand." Right, and it's it, but it's really interesting that now we the Force is this. It's mystical again. Mm-hmm. Those three episodes are like the anti midichlorians episodes of Clone Wars, where now it's hey, that's science. <laughs> as much <laughs> science as midichlorians can be. And now there, it's more religious, more mythical, more mystical. In my fan mind, Magical. midichlorians are just microscopic little things that are attracted to the Force and then gather in large quantities when someone is strong with the Force. No canon, just in my head. In my fanon, I think that's a real word. And by real word, I mean internet word. So My fan canon, my fanon. I think that's a real internet word. I don't know how to make the look I'm giving to you come across to our listeners. <laughs> I think silence does the trick. Okay. I will give you some If more. I'm wrong with Fanon, um, please correct me, listeners. And if Chris is wrong to give me a look, please correct him, comma, listeners. So what do we need to know? For you seeing Star Wars this week. Star Wars... Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Colon, The Force Awakens. I don't think it... I think it's just Star Wars, colon, The Force Awakens. Yeah. Star Wars Episode 7, colon, The Force Awakens. Well, I know it's Episode 7, but an, an, another... Episode V-I-I. You probably don't need to know any of this <laughs> to enjoy that episode. 
<laughs> Nothing we've talked about here. Um, if you've watched Dave Filoni's The Clone Wars, you know that Jar Jar Binks cannot possibly be the villain contrary to what's going around. Internet conspiracies. Yeah. Jar Jar is an amazing character. Jar Jar is redeemed. I'm going to stand by it. Jar, Jar, Jar Jar is an amazing character in Clone Wars. I second that. Ding. I w- almost firsted it and then you interrupted me speaking. Oh. But Jar Jar is amazing. Yes. If you don't like Jar Jar Bings, it's because you haven't watched the Clone Wars. Yeah. So that being said, Clone Wars are some of the best Star Wars on video, on record. <laughs> Go, Can we go pick a, a current media format? No. <laughs> of record. On, on digital re- streaming? Go watch it. <laughs> it's some of the best Star Wars that's out there available for your consumption visually. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably a good spot. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, um, homework time. Homework time. For next time. Um, Your homework is to not worry about it. It's a surprise. It's a present. (laughs) It's a gift. Christmas (laughs) gift. You'll just have to. Wait with great antissa. Good night, everybody. As always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Coutino, and to Jacob Reed for the music for our show. Be sure to catch us on the web, on Twitter, WG Animated, on Tumblr, writersgetanimated.tumblr.com, and on Facebook. And if you like what you hear, give us a review on our iTunes for the podcast. <laughs>